Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us right here, right now, daily on the DCL Bryant Show as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation here uh in the greatest nation on the face of the planet uh, the greatest success story the world has ever known still even in the midst of everything that is going on the foundational strength of america is being seen clearly clearly the listen the only reason that the nation at this point is still having robust experience in its economy is because of the foundational strength that this nation was built on. I, I'm going to talk about this today coming up in the um Top in the next hour, Dr. Marlene McMillan, you know, she's my good, good friend. Uh, Dr. Mar- Marlene McMillan will be on with me and uh, she's going to be talking about Marxism and and uh, how somehow the twisted Democrat mindset has. I don't really think they believe it, but uh, they evidently want to push the agenda. That Marxism somehow breeds equality. I simply want to know where. We want to know what that's all about and why now in America? Why now in America? Is this the best move? Is this the best chance to take it over? Is this the best chance to uh, take over America through these series of unfortunate events that have happened on American citizens? Uh, there happen to be black uh, George Floyd. But you do know that unfortunate events happen to people every day. But, but, but now it, it, it's, it's up to certain entities to interpret that in a way that will affect you emotionally. Or you can just lay it out the way it is. Life happens. And then you die. (laughs) Oh, and go on if you're a Christian to eternal life. (laughs) <laughs> but for those of you who are naysayers and you don't really believe it the way I do, uh, you know, you, you can have your way, do what you want. 
but uh, I don't think I'm losing a thing. Living my Christian life the way I, I live it and uh, enjoy it. Uh, there is nothing. Uh, I am in bondage to nothing. Free to do everything but not free to be brought under the power of any because I uh, have been brought up under the authority of Christ. And uh, even though there are, there are some things I, I just won't do because I'm under his authority. But I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. No bondage whatsoever. If you understand what Christianity is all about, what Jesus came to do is set the captives free. America, they're trying to take that Judeo-Christian principle away from us. But is that very principle that is the reason why we're still standing as robust as we, we are, even in the midst of all of this? And what is it? Um, 160 million uh, not quite that many, not quite that many, 150 some odd many, a million dead of coronavirus. Now, um, at least that's what they assess it to. The president was saying yesterday that if you take away New York City and you, uh, of course, create the equation of size and mass of our nation, Compared to Europe and other places, if you take away the numbers of coronavirus deaths, and most of those occurred in nursing homes in New York City, then actually our numbers compared to the rest of the world are really quite good. But you throw in New York City or the state of New York. Or you just throw in the city of New York. Just throw in the city of New York where um, de Blasio and Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo, combined uh, their idiocy. That's what that that's what did that's what they did. Uh, Cuomo and de Blasio combined their idiocy in the state of New York. To create the problem, the massive problem that they experienced. And you might as well throw in Chris Cuomo, too, the, the uh, governor's idiot brother. <laughs> you know, God only knows how, how much he spread this around. It's amazing his mother doesn't have it because he showed up positive after visiting her. Oh, I'm glad that his mother, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I listen, I'm, I'm an orator and Mario Cuomo, their father was not crazy like his sons, although he was, you know, liberal. Okay. He's a New York liberal. Don't get anything twisted. Mario Cuomo was a New York liberal, but he wasn't crazy like his sons, but he did give them the privilege of being his sons. Made him crazy. And um, Andrew Cuomo made a, a mistake, a bad mistake in his judgment. And de Blasio can't help but make bad mistakes in his judgment. The man's an idiot. 
okay. Uh, it, it, it puzzles me. He, he had to be good at his profession in order to become who he is. But without the people in that profession making him look like a genius, and suddenly he's in a environment that is not his, you're either going to shine or you're going to fail miserably. Trump was very good in his profession as a businessman, as a promoter, as uh, uh, someone who is able to brand. And he made that work for him as president with various leaders around the country, with uh, rolling back, you know, the restrictions on business and uh, creating environments where people can thrive uh, in the business arena. He's been very, very, very good at that. There's nothing in, in Joe Biden that can even come close to that. There's nothing in the Democrat platform that can come close to what is going to be revealed and shown this week. The Republicans are and have made their case. The case has been made over the last four years. The case has been made over the last four years. This is why I am saying that when the Republicans bounce out of uh, Cle uh, Charlotte, when I fly into there, I'm always thinking, whenever they send me my ticket, whenever I get a ticket um, from my organization um, that I'm flying to Charlotte, the call, the um, call letters of the airport is CLT. And so I'm always thinking that I'm going to Cleveland for some, I don't know why, I think I'm going to Cleveland. In my opinion, Charlotte's a much a nicer place. It's in the South, and I'm a Southerner. Cleveland's nice. Don't get me wrong, you folks in Cleveland. Uh, but I, I like Charlotte. But did you see those idiots a couple of days ago in the streets protesting? Now, we didn't do that. This is a nation where every idea should be able to to be expressed and then challenged peacefully. You protest against that peacefully. You don't try to tear stuff down because you don't like someone's ideas. Huh? You resist against violence forcefully. And that's what we have done. You do realize that, right? you do realize that the only pushback that has come from uh, law enforcement, the authorities, has been because of violence uh, sparked in the streets of America. Now, this is the nutty part about their logic. Because Donald Trump, in their minds, because there is no evidence of this anywhere, 
because Donald Trump in their minds is a bad person. He's a bad person. <laughs> He's, he represents hate and fear mongering. And we, he's just a bad person. <laughs> I don't care if, he, if the economy is booming. I don't care if my 401k is booming under him. I don't care if people were, who were black, who I'm supposedly their, you know, uh, best voice or Latino, who I'm supposedly their best voice. I don't care if they were uh, at the lowest unemployment rate in the history of our nation. Donald Trump's a bad person. <laughs> I, I don't care that business is is booming in this country because of the rollbacks of the restrictions on business that Trump initiated. I, I don't care. He's a bad person. I don't care that the military has been rebuilt and is stronger now than it ever was. I don't care. Because Donald Trump's a bad person. <laughs> I don't care that America is being made great again and that China was uh, being grabbed uh, by the collar and put in in their place the way they should be. I don't care that North Korea was brought to heel. I don't care that he had the Iranians by the scruff of the neck and making them behave. Donald Trump's a bad person. <laughs> That's all the Democrats said <laughs> in the last week. And of course, this week, the Republicans, in the, last, the past week, the Republicans have trotted out, are trotting out why all of that is so ludicrous listen friends uh, i've been in business for a long time long time 30 over 30 years 32 33 years i i personally have been in business and um i've worked uh, for others around the nation uh, jane and i lived all over the country lived all over the country and um, made money for whoever I worked for. And I have had bosses. I haven't had a boss now in over 20 years. Yeah. But uh, I have had bosses. Um, who were difficult characters. And the only reason I would stay was certainly not because of the paycheck. I've always been able to take my talents uh, wherever I took them and get paid. Okay? I would stay even if I had a difficult boss. If he was results oriented and if his methods obtain the results that he was looking for as the leader as the uh, boss the boss has to get the results he's looking for if he's going to be tough on those who help him get the results 
I don't mind a tough boss if we get the results. And of course, if the results gets us paid, I'm all in. I don't mind a tough boss. Oh, you, Hey, listen, we're, you're, we're going to be civil. You know, our relationship is going to be civil. You're not going to talk to me in any kind of way. No. Although the boss sometimes does have a tough way of saying things to motivate you. I do. I'm the boss, uh, you know, in, 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 in many cases, you have to say things in tough ways to get people motivated. Sometimes you have to shake them up if they become too comfortable to get them motivated. And sometimes that uh, does come in companies and corporate uh, situations where people um, have to understand that they're expendable. Now, in this uh, snowflake era, it's hard for that type of mentality to embrace the strength of a leader like Donald John Trump. He is the chief executive officer of our nation. He was elected that. He was duly elected that. Oh, I don't care what anybody's been trying to tell you. He was duly elected the president of the United States. And he has all the authority that goes along with the office. But we, we, what we're hung up on is personality. I'm telling you that that's ridiculous. That's stupid. To dislike the entire work of an administration because you dislike the attitude, the personality of the president. That doesn't make sense. You have to be someone, you have to be able to base your decisions. Yes, personality does fit into it. Okay, D minus on personality. Economy, A. Military, A. Business, A. Uh, creating of business, A. Relationship with black folks, absolute A. A. A plus. Do we like his personality? Do people, is it, does his personality rub people the wrong way? Um, if you want to, I, I give him a, a C, it's average. Because I, I judge everybody, you know, one person at a time. I don't judge them uh, by what the group is saying or what the group may feel. His average, he has above average personality. Actually, it's just whether or not it grates on you, if it's overbearing to you. I know a lot of people who really, really like me, but they can't. They can take me in small doses because I have that type. Of-
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. I want to um, make certain that we don't get this twisted. Personalities do not make or get results. Actions do. Uh, what has been paraded before the American people, and uh, they have been labeled, uh, I, I think appropriately, beauty contest when it comes to political campaigns and that type of thing. But that's certainly not what you can call this presidential campaign. There, there, there's no, uh, if you do have a, a horse with that type of glow, it has to be the president. It has to be President Donald John Trump because Biden doesn't have it. Kamala Harris is, I mean, I don't care. Listen, I don't know what they see in her except but a, a willing participant. And, you know, and she's been that way on, on many occasions, uh, a willing participant. And regardless of, of how you want to um, call it, call the tune, she'll dance to it. That's who she is. So I really don't know. I really don't see what they see in her except a willing participant. But now when we look at the brass tacks and we look at what is actually available in the policies. Oh, friends, we see things that um, are so starkly different between the Dems and the Republicans that for me, it's a no brainer. Absolutely no brainer. When you look at the way, and let's look at this. Let's let's examine this. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. When you look at the stark difference in the way the two conventions are run, does that not give you as an American a absolute um, idea of just how different America would be under those clowns. 
as opposed to those who understand what American liberty and freedom is supposed to be all about. The Democrats demonstrated that they would want to, at whatever cost, restrict your freedoms. Dangerous, though they may be. Uh, it is who we are when it comes to that as opposed to peaceful slavery. You understand? That's who we are. We have always chosen dangerous liberty, dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. And what you saw being exemplified last week the last week uh, we, uh, that the Democrats were doing their thing, you saw actions that would lead to peaceful slavery. Oh, everybody would, would pro- and then again, I'd say everybody have peace of mind. You can't have peace of mind when you're cooped up. Even if the adventure of discovering what's out there on the horizon kills you, At least you're free to do it. That's the American spirit. The American spirit is not to coop up and mask up and cower in fear. That is not America. That is not American. Earlier today, I was really uh, thrilled to uh, meet uh, uh, a new neighbor of mine. I've moved back to my home of Louisiana, Shreveport. And, um, yeah, we shook hands as men who are neighbors should. And, 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 and friends, that's the freedom that we have. We understand what they say there is. We understand all of that. But the fr- freedom cannot come if you cannot exercise it. That is not freedom. Caution? Yes, of course you exercise caution when you feel that is necessary. I'm not sick. He's not sick. There's no need to exercise that caution. I mean, if if coronavirus is that devious, then... Uh, then we need to get this herd all immune. Everybody needs to get out there and uh, let's all get exposed and let's all get it and get over with it. And the, the, the magical thing about nature will occur. The strong will survive. And the weak, <clears throat> well, unfortunately, the way the world has always worked, the weak will die. Yeah, and, and you can apply that to homes, uh, business houses, uh, families, businesses, churches, relationships, any, anything in neighborhoods, city councils, city mayors, offices. The, the, the strong survive and the weak die. Those who respond to medicine respond to medicine. And those who don't, don't. 
You know what amazes me the most in the midst of all of this is Christians. <laughs> Christians amaze me more than anyone else in the midst of all of this. Because in so many cases, and I know that, you know, people who are immune compromised should take various precautions that maybe the others of us uh, are going overboard and taking. So understand, I understand that. I get that. If you're immune compromised, you know that. If your immune system is compromised, you know that. Then you should not take at this juncture the, the, any risk that those of us who are not immune compromised, are to, you know, take. That's just common sense. But what we're going to see in the differences in the way the conventions were handled or handled and the enthusiasm level that is going to come from the way one was handled and the way the other was handled is going to be absolutely uh, startling. It's going to be stark and it's going to be startling. Stark and startling it's going to be. Absolutely. And so, uh, my friends, here we are now, 70 days away from, uh, less than that, away from this convention or this election. And I am saying to you that the Republicans have put the trend of landslide back on the table. When you began to see the rushes, the photo rushes, of Kamala Harris standing 10 feet away from Joe Biden with a mask on, and Joe Biden who wants to be the new leader of the free world, standing with a mask on, trying to be, of course, project the most cautious, the most responsible image that he can project, only managed to project an image of weakness. Americans want to see that reassured image that Donald John Trump and Mike Pence are projecting to America and Americans. And that is of strength and responsibility. I believe the, the, the greatest responsibility, the strongest responsibility, the best responsibility of the American president is to keep the American people hopeful and to keep the American people fearless while balancing and juggling the act of exercising caution. Fearlessness tempered with cautious in the midst of what's been called a pandemic. What is a pandemic? Yeah. 
So, my friends, I want you all to understand this. Now hear this. I would rather perish on my feet as a man created by God to withstand as long as I am with reasonable strength anything that he has sent here on this earth. I am to treat my body, which and my belief system is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am to treat it well so that I can not only fend off the spiritual uh, wickedness and arrows and uh, that darts that come at me as a Christian, but also fend off those things that are physically, that will physically attack you in this world environment, in this earth environment. I would rather stand on, perish on my feet as a man believing that I was created in that image with that type of strength and authority over my domain because I have dominion according to the word of God over the earth. I would rather perish on my feet and say even in a woeful manner as Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will perish on my feet as a natural man if God sees that my time on earth is done. I would rather do that than sheepishly kneel and cower before something that I have yielded to and 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 g given up to without even a fight, without even a reason to fight. I have reason to fight. I have logical reason to fight. I know that I believe and I know that this, when I look at a leaf, on a pine, when I look at a pine needle and I look at a leaf and how different they are, but yet they grow out of trees, so different. When I smell the smell of pine and uh, the, uh, the pungent smell of oak. I look at a blade of grass and the various types there are and ivy and all of that. I know that there's a creator. You see the snowfall and how the seasons change without any hitch. Oh, sometimes you have a late fall or early spring, what have you, you know? But they change in due season. Things change. I know there's a creator. And because I know that, I'm because I am settled on that, I also know this that he would have to have the foreknowledge to create me and you in a way that could withstand, if we're in reasonable strength and health, 
any type of virus that comes along. And like everything does happen in life, the strong survive and the weak will perish. And uh, then there are the, those who are in the middle who we really do have to protect who will be adversely affected by it. Now, I can understand if you have, uh, you know, you've, you've been weak most of your life. You've had a, a weak constitution most of your life and you're susceptible to sickness most of your life. Then you do need to exercise extreme caution because, you know, uh, even though you, you probably have come in contact with Corona, you've survived so far so good, right? Yeah. Yeah, you have. You've survived and you're going to survive. And so I just believe that the creator, when he created me and you, knowing what environment we live in and what can actually come into this environment in an adverse way, especially since uh, he knew that sin would enter into could enter into the world. But he also found a way for us to escape that. So every provision physically, I believe, has already been placed in us to ward off certain things. I mean, uh, hey, go back to the mumps. People were getting the mumps uh, ages before there was any cure for it, right? And, oh, they put all kind of stinky stuff on you to cure you of the mumps <laughs> as you're a boy. I don't know what they did. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if girls, did girls get mumps? I don't know. But I, but you took special care if your son got mumps. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my mother, uh, sardines and all kind of crazy stuff. And she got that from my grandmother. I'll do this. You know, you know, do this. And uh, somebody included sardine or sardine oil. <laughs> I remember this as a kid. But what I'm saying is, there's things in nature that old folks, uh, you know, used to. I don't know if any of you remember cow chip tea. But my grandmother was big on that. I'm CL. This is CL Bryant's show. Uh, we'll be back. Dr. Marlene McMillan will be coming up after the top of the hour. And we're going to talk about Marxism, creates e how that creates equality. Are you kidding me? She's going to, she's going to, talk to you today. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a lot for us to consider as we move forward with the decision in 2020. I'm CL coming to you over Red State, the talk monster, daily, 12.05 to 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back. Just a couple of minutes. I'm CL.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA, and I want to thank you all for coming along with me as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. And in case you uh, don't know it, let me tell you. The United States of America, my home. Yes, my homeland. The greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And friends, also let me tell you. Yet if you don't know it yet, you ought to know it. But if this land goes away, if this place goes away in, uh, in, uh, in just a few days... In just a few days, we'll make a decision on who we are. And I am so glad to see, however, that the Republicans are making a fight of it. And I helped. <laughs> yeah, and I'm helping along with all of us who love this republic. Yeah. All of us who love this republic are helping. You can say, and I helped. You know, I was, um, I've taken the time to um, rewatch. Jane and I watched it um, last year. I believe we watched this together, maybe a year before. It's called Marco Polo. It's I think it's on Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And um, it tells the story of Kublai Khan, the grandson of Genghis Khan. And the interesting thing that you will see is that you are looking at the rule of a man who had absolute power. Oh, he wasn't a president. No, 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 no. He wasn't a president. Now, Washington could have come as close to that as um, I think any, any American president possibly could have, but he set the example for the rest of us, instead of uh, doing, uh, you know, that thing, he set the example for the 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 rest the, the other presidents that would come behind him. In other words, there could be no kings in authority and leadership 
in America. And I say all that to say this. Tyranny is certainly not what you are seeing coming from the Trump administration. There is, it's absolutely devoid of that. In fact, it's absolutely the, the, the absolute opposite of that. The absolute opposite of that. Okay? I want you to understand this. When you don't like somebody's personality and just because you call them a tyrant because they have that authoritarian type of delivery or persona, that does not make them a tyrant. Oh, no. No, that that doesn't make them a tyrant just because you call them one. It's always based on action. And you've got to know that uh, the actions of this president have been all about the republic. But he, he just talks so, I don't care. His actions speaks much louder than his words. And his actions have been phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, I was tough on my children. But I showed them I loved them. Oh, I, I, I wasn't one of those fathers. I was definitely one of those fathers who told them, and I still do, tell my children all the time how I love them. I tell my children that all the time. But I, I was tough on them, and maybe too tough at times. I don't know. In hindsight, you, you look back, and you, you wonder. But there is no doubt in any of their minds at any time that I love them. I don't care how uh, Donald John Trump talks. Because uh, when it comes to his actions, there is no doubt in my mind that he loves this nation. Are you hearing me? There is no doubt in my mind that he loves this nation. There was no doubt in my children's mind, even though I would sometimes talk tough to them, talk strong to them, no nonsense to them, and they didn't like it. But there was never, there could never be any doubt in their mind that I loved them. My actions meant that I loved them even though my actions sometimes uh, were in their face. But it always was about loving them and making sure, wanting the best for them. That's what leadership is about. Making sure that your actions get the best results for the people you want to lead. And people that you are leading. And so, second term, as far as I'm concerned for Donald John Trump, I think that uh, the bounce that the Republicans will get coming out of this convention will be absolutely phenomenal because they will, it, it, it's just absolutely brilliant marketing that you're going to be seeing here, uh, you know, it, it, coming out of this convention. The marketing is going to be brilliant. 
let me tell you how and why. Because you're going to be all over the world, all over the United States, rather. I mean, I don't care about the world. We're, we're electing our president. I don't care what France, Germany, England, you know, Russia, China, you know, think about who our president is. I want all Americans to see what the visuals are going to be. Because you are going to get a side-by-side chance. You're going to get a, 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 a no doubt, unequivocally, you are going to get a chance to see the stark difference between the Trump campaign and the Biden campaign. Trump, Pence, Biden, Harris. Harris Pence, Trump Biden. You are going to be able to see visually, and 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 I want you to pay attention because uh, I've gotten a chance to see some of the, t- the takes, the outtakes of some of the the uh, <laughs> advertisement, some of the the, the ads that are going to be coming out after the convention. Brilliant, brilliant, and I am saying to you that I believe that this president is back on track to having a uh, victory that will hand to Joe Biden a McGovern-like defeat. Those of you old enough to remember, going back 1968, a McGovern, a McGovern-like defeat. Joe Biden and Harris are going to go down in flames, I am predicting. I uh, will be very happy to step forward and eat crow. If necessary, I will. It will be the toughest crow for me to chew because I feel if I am going to have to eat it, <laughs> then I may have to eat it from New Zealand. I mean, if you're going to be in a socialist country, why not be in a socialist country that, you know, you really want to uh, enjoy the the natural beauty of for a while? I'll never give up my American citizenship, but I can be a dual citizen, can I? Oh, oh you know, the, the uh, libs, uh, they threaten to leave. You'll see conservatives take money and their, their persons out of here so quick. For real, for real, for real. Or I may stay, and if um, something unspeakable happens, I may just find me a place in Texas. Somewhere in Texas. And make my stand there. Who knows? Maybe down around San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah. We'll make a stand. 
That place known for a place that you make a stand. Who knows? But I know this, if Texas ever folds, Texas folds, Katie bar the door. We got to make Florida stronger. But the amazing thing that I think we're going to see in this election is a Republican president who is actually going to be able to play for New York State, for the state of New York. If the state of New York were to go red, oh my God. Happy days will be here again. <laughs> and the work, the toil, the trouble, oh, would have been well worth it. But let me tell you, you're going to have unrest either way. Because you have too much invested in the fundamental change, fundamental change of America. You have too many people with too much invested in the fundamental change of America. So you're going to have unrest either way. Trump wins, yes, I'm going to be very happy. And Trump's going to win. So we're going to be very happy. But it's going to come with a price that we're going to have to pay. And that price is, that price is liberal lunacy. Because that's all they got. That's all they got is is liberal lunacy. All they got is just to say crazy stuff. Even their real crazies are silent right now because they know the stuff they're saying is crazy. I really believe they want Trump to become president again so that they will have a job with the far left fringe. Dr. Marlene McMillan, when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America, all because of people like you throughout the fruited plains uh, that make this republic possible, and it's up to you and I now to make sure that we keep it, and uh, let's do that. One of the people that I know leading the charge, leading the fight, Next guest, my good friend, Dr. Marlene McMillan. There is a piece of work that she has done that I want to have her present to you now. It is a warning to pastors and church leaders across uh, the world and certainly our nation that uh, sometimes I think if you listen carefully and sometimes you don't have to listen too carefully. They promote Marxism in the name of equality. Dr. Marlene McMillan, welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. Thank you so much for being there. People who live in liberty think differently than people who live in bondage. And my mission is to advance liberty by helping people think clearly about these ever important topics. When we talk about this topic of Marxism uh, uh, being uh, preached from so many in the name of equality, what's the fallacy or what's the weakness in this argument? Well, the thing about Marxism is that it requires centralized force. I think many people don't realize what it actually is. And so you have all these folks going around who say, don't tell me what to do. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And yet at the same time, they're voting or promoting an idea that is totalitarian means it invades every area of your life. Your individual choices are given up for the group, and you basically become, it's a new form of of slavery because Marxism is socialism. Socialism is just a nice word for communism, and communism is really slavery. Is that then what the, and, and with full disclosure, folks, I am a black man. I am a black conservative man who mostly votes Republican because of my core values. And so understand who this question is coming from. And we want to have this discussion because it is necessary that we expand our thinking along these lines. Is then, Dr. McMillan, Black Lives Matter, BLM, one of those things that does promote totalitarianism by their own admission they're trained marxist and marxism is built on a frame of cult of conflict so identity politics anything that can pit, pit one side against the other anyone who can make us enemies even if naturally we would like each other and be friends there has to be all this created conflict in order to create a void and then the tyrant comes in and presents himself as the solution to the very problem that he created wow and friends that's what you are seeing or that's what you saw in the democrat convention credit convention uh just uh, last week and and the thing about it is that 
They created the prop, the cities that you're seeing on fire, their cities. That's exactly what Dr. McMillan is saying to you. Now they're presenting themselves as the savior of their own chaos. Not possible. Dr. McMillan, when we talk about equality, is there such a thing in society as equality? Is that some type of utopian idea? Well, equality may sound nice, and we've been conditioned to think that that's good, but if you really think about it, do you want to have everyone reduced to the least common denominator? Do we really want equality? Because in the name of equality, what you will get is uh, a removal of that which makes you unique. See, it's your differences that give you distinction. It's the things about you that aren't like everybody else that makes you so special. And so when you have to give up that part of you, including your conscience, that makes you have dignity and worth as a human being and be reduced to a member of a group who is supposed to only vote or think in the way that you are identified with. That is an, a form of racism, and that racism is becoming systemic, and that steals liberty. The racism of low expectations is exactly what Dr. McMillan has just described, and that's what you my friends, are being fitted for when you look at the Democrat platform. It is a racism. It is an America that will be infected with the ideas of low expectation. When you talk about um, the lowest common denominator uh, being, is that a necessity in order for there to be this utopian type of equality, do we all have to be reduced to the least among us? Uh, while there, does that create some type of elite class as well? Well, there's uh, uh, speeches that politicians give where they say things like they're ought. Now, pay attention to this word ought, because ought is like my created idea for my brain. But there ought to be a world where everyone has a job, where everyone has a house, and everyone has health care. Well, people listen to that and hear house and job and think it's all wonderful. But where does everyone have a house? Well, basically either in prison or in places like the Soviet Union. Everybody in Korea has a house. It's very, very tiny, and it's cold, and it uh, doesn't have any amenities, but everybody has one. Everybody has health care. It's at the government, and everybody works through the government at the job they're given. So if you want to have liberty, you can't have a civil government that gives you those things because a government can get, that can give you a job can also take it away and all the money you make at it take away. So if you a, a civil government that gets out of the way and allows you to create wealth also allows you to create, I mean, to keep what you create. Absolutely. And folks, uh, years and years ago now, uh, I used to uh, minister over in Cabrini Green before it was all shut down. Uh, Jane and I uh, had a, a mission like that. And then in, in places down on Skid Row, and we lived in Los Angeles. Everybody had a house, like Dr. McMillan was saying, but they were small, they were dank, they were uncomfortable, and they had rats as big as cats that were there. Everybody had one, though. Everybody had a place to go. 
And if that's what you want, uh, I mean, you just be be certain that you you know what you're. you're it's, it's not like everybody has a house in the suburbs. I, I don't want you. Don't get it twisted, okay? They're not talking about that, folks. They're talking about everybody having a, a roof over their head. The people in the projects had that. I'm telling you. And Dr. Uh, McMillan is bringing that to us. Doc is the founder of Why Liberty Matters. It is a global webinar that she is the host of. Doc, tell us about Why Liberty Matters and how people can engage with you on that. Well, we have weekly webinars, and people call in from all over the world. You sign up at Y, that's W-H-Y, LibertyMatters.com, and then you put in your first name and email. You'll get a message back. You must respond to that, and then you'll start finding out how to tune in to our webinars. There's people who stay up half the night and wait for them. There's others who get up early in the morning. Uh, You have the luxury, if you're in these time zones, uh, where this radio program goes to, uh, that it'll be in an evening. And we talk about the things that really matter. We articulate liberty because you cannot defend or value something that you cannot define. You said that you articulate liberty. That's important, folks. Whether you, uh, we want to help you grasp this because you need to grasp it. You're going to need it for the journey ahead of us. Being able to articulate liberty. Doc, uh, let's expand upon that. Have, have we, through our lack of understanding patriotism and the wise there are patriots in this country. Have we also lost the ability to articulate liberty, like you were saying? Tell us about that. Okay, well, you cannot think past your vocabulary. And there has been a concerted effort through the reformation of education, which is really a decline in education, to lower people's vocabularies and restrict the way they think. So the change in the kind of literature children are exposed to, even the amount of time that's spent in a day in school on what would be political matters or a form of brainwashing that used to be spent on actually learning facts and figures and real history and being able to develop logic and reason to be able to think things through. So lowering people's ability to think is necessary for tyranny to go forward. So when the ability to think is lowered, it also uh, simultaneously lowers the vocabulary. How do they how do they work? Do they work in tandem? Do they is the lowering of the vocabulary the first thing to go and then the lowering of the ability? Uh we're we're seeing them working in tandem. How how do they work? Well, this is all very well planned, and I have whole teachings on this we we don't have time to go into, but basically it starts with the idea of moving people from the principles on which liberty is built, which are fixed principles. This goes back to to Benjamin Bloom and then many of his followers since then, but it works in tandem. And let me give you, our listeners really, uh, this is so hard to believe. So let me tell you a really quick story about what drove this home to me. I read about 
this in books. I knew this theoretically, but I also am a homeschool pioneer, and I have done a lot of debates, and so there's this wonderful competition that homeschoolers do for debate and logic and speaking, and I get invited to be one of the uh, celebrity uh, judges for these regional and national events. So they rent this this homeschool group rents a college. I'm sorry, a charter school campus. That's one of the most beautiful campuses. You'd be sure you're on an Ivy League college campus. And I'm checking out the hallways, and I go into the classrooms and read what's on the bulletin boards. And in the bulletin board, this was between a third and fifth grade classroom. That. The question on the bulletin board is, how do you know you're reading a book that's too advanced for you? Wow. Now, that, that question would have never been asked. I never would have thought of that as a child or been uh, asked that when I schooled my children. And the answer was a book with five words, more than five new words. Now, how are you going to learn to think? I use a dictionary all day long, and if I'm not reading books that advance my vocabulary, which is gigantic, then I feel like I've wasted my day. You know, you're absolutely right, Doc. It's the first time that you've revealed to me that uh, you were somewhat of a debate coach. You were a debate coach. I uh, am a high school and college uh, debater, uh, in fact, uh, national finalist way back in the 70s, uh, in both extemporaneous speaking and debate. And Doc, I just knew it was something about you that was so attractive as far as, you know, the way you presented yourself. And I should have known it the way you were talking. You were talking about articulation. My debate coach, that's all she ever, ever beat us over the head with is to be clear about what we are trying to say. And so, Doc, I, I, I certainly uh, want to ask you this then. Uh, about why liberty matters. And, and every time you come on, I want you to uh, tout the benefits of becoming a part of this global webinar. Why did you start and why did you launch such an endeavor as Why Liberty Matters? Uh, what was behind, what's the genesis of that? Well, I think we all have to have a way to express who we are and what we're called to do. And as I homeschooled my children, I homeschooled all seven of my children all the way through high school. I had help. I had tutors. I had, you know, all different. We did group schools. We did uh, all different kinds of things to make that happen because they were so um, they were such individuals that they needed different kinds of training. I also taught Liberty Study Groups for over 25 years during that time and developed a repertoire of materials that needed to be broader than the people that could come and sit in the meeting room. And so other people have living rooms. We had a meeting room, you know, with the full screen and everything, because that's what we were about as a family. So this has this had to expand. It had to grow. And there's a hunger, especially with people who have sat in the pew for many years, but not taught what uh, the Bible says about law government, history, economics, and education. And I have very well-articulated, well-built uh, materials 
that are, these are not things that we researched yesterday. These are 25 and 30 years worth of materials then brought up to speed for where the world is today. And you just can't develop this kind of material overnight. Dr. Marlene McMillan, uh, the founder of Why Liberty Matters, is my special guest. Doc, I want you to stay with me uh, through the break for a few minutes on the other side of the break. I want to um, hear your opinion and your comments on the differences between uh, why people choose to dislike someone because of their manner of speaking, like they choose to attack the president and ignore their achievements. Uh, is this something that is very common among us as human beings, or is this something that is new to politics itself? And is it actually affecting the landscape, the political and social landscape of America. We want to talk to Dr. Marlene McMillan about what so many view as a phenomenon in politics. Surely, we, I don't think we've ever seen a president uh, quite handled or treated by press or even uh, various groups the way this one has been. We want to get behind the crux of this particular phenomenon. Is it something that socialists are driving? Is it something that we have seen in the world before? I'm going to get Dr. Marlene's take on it. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation here throughout our great nation on the largest talk platform in the country, the Talk Monster Red State Talk Radio, coast to coast and border to border. And all of you, if you're traveling through Times Square, and I don't know, um, if you take out New York City, uh, Figures for deaths go down, down, down. I feel that two idiot um, uh, people like the mayor of New York City and the governor of New York City combined with a perfect storm of idiocy to create what we see and happening and did happen in New York City. We're going to return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. My special guest today, Dr. Marlene McMillan, Why Liberty Matters. We'll return. Uh, all of you, download free the C.L. Bryant Show. You're traveling through Times Square. Look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. You will see um, the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up right there, looking right back at you, the old C.L.'s face. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
hands are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you all so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. My special guest has been uh, Dr. Marlene McMillan uh, for this hour. She has been with me uh, thus far, and I'm certainly glad to have her. You know, um, friends, all of you can see for yourselves the accomplishments that this president has um, had. Um. I believe that he is probably the closest to what our founding presidents might have been, a businessman, somebody who understands the um, ups and downs and and shortfalls of business and failing, uh, and the threats of failing in business and that type of thing. I, I think he understands those types of things. And for the first time, we have somebody who is not afraid to speak their mind, but yet in taking care of business and in speaking their minds something it seems to me totally un-american is happening and that is the attacking of someone who is actually doing that speaking their mind dr marlene mcmillan is my guest today and doctor is this something that is uh i don't know if it's a phenomenon or not we call it derangement syndrome in some uh, circles trump derangement syndrome but is there a programming a triggering mechanism in the being placed in the minds of a generation to discount and reject anything that is uh, resembling authority talk to us okay this is a wonderful thing that really matters to everyone listening you can tell what a person thinks by how they speak And there's a thing called the dialectic process, which is nothing more than the steps that it takes to move somebody from belief in absolute truth, meaning there's some things are right and some things are wrong, some things actually that are and other things are not, to moving us to where everything's relative. The only absolute becomes that all things are relative. In this process of dialectic conditioning, The people are taught, they're actually programmed more like a machine than a person to reject anything that is didactic. Didactic is just a nice word for preaching, teaching, being told, and that anyone would tell you that some things are and some things aren't. When you live in this world of anything I want to believe, I can believe and there are no consequences and all ideas are equal. Well, the problem is, folks, all ideas are not equal. There is an objective reality. And when you have a collision with reality, reality will always win, no matter your opinion. So now we have a president come along who dares to uh, look at the world from a more objective kind of situation, who actually believes that some things are true and some things aren't. And the masses that have been through this dialectic conditioning, uh, social engineering uh, way of being educated 
they are programmed to automatically reject anything that tells them that they can't have what they want or can't uh, believe in their fantasies or their utopian ideas. Wow. 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 And folks, be sure to download the CL Bryant show app. This show will be uh, there, be archived there. You need to be sure to replay and hear what Dr. Marlene told you in that very last statement of hers. So, Doc, there is a programming that uh, we actually see it. And in fact, I, I, I went to my Walmart the other day uh, to get something. I, I, and then I stopped by my bank. I went in to talk to my banker uh, the other day. I stopped at my automobile dealership in order to get my car recalibrated because they replaced uh, a, a windshield on, on my, my car. And, and, you know, Doc, I didn't feel any racial tension any place that I went, I walked through my neighborhood, which is a, a pretty diverse neighborhood, I guess. And, and I, I know my neighbors, they know me. I waved at them. They waved back. A police officer passed. I waved at him and he waved back at me. And I was just walking through the neighborhood, you know, I didn't feel any racial tension anyway, but when I came back home, doc, I flipped on the television and there it was racial tension was on my television telling me that my neighbors didn't like me and that they should not trust me because they uh, they didn't like I didn't like them this is the programming is this part of the programming is it happening through our media well let's look at how this uh, accusation of systemic racism it's being put before us as a premise that we're not even to question so even the fact that you have the courage to bring up the question is a, is a revolutionary act. You know, we're telling the truth uh, in, in a time of confusion is another way of putting that is a revolutionary act. So us even having this kind of conversation is a big deal because why are we being told that all this systemic racism when we're getting along pretty well with each other, even when this is the, the meme that we're fed constantly? Well, underlying this term of systemic racism is really the goal of saying that the system, that our constitutional system is broken and therefore it needs to be replaced. Now, anybody can tear down, anybody can destroy, anybody can take a match and throw it on a building and do damage to it, but not everybody can be a builder. And so one of the things you want to always ask when there's all this um, conversation about a revolution, first of all, what re what's the revolution? What's the goal of it? And what are you going to give me on the other end? And so this is not about having everybody get along. This is about having everybody become slaves through the implementation of a Marxist, globalist, one-world thought process. You know, what is so paradoxical about their agenda is that even though they're wanting to put us all in a box, it is necessary now that we try to expand the thinking of Americans, but yet there is there are those who would like to uh, condense the thinking of 
America. You know, Dr. McMillan, it is always, always uh, my pleasure to have you on the show. Tell everyone once again, and listen, folks, let me tell you, uh, keep your ears to the ground because uh, I, I really believe that there is um, a way, and, and God, uh, once he endorses a vision, he always gives you, in my estimation, provision. At least he's always done it for me. And so, uh, and I expect that he'll do it again. And I'd really love to hit the road here as soon as uh, we can uh, with a message and bring a premiering Dr. McMillan, myself, and uh, maybe one or two others uh, coming to a town near you because it is time now for us to understand that the articulation of our liberty is important to be passed down uh, to our children and our younger people, even if they resist it. It's important that we say it and that it is said. And uh, I, I think that it's time. It's time for us to go and get this done. Dr. McMillan, tell everybody again how to get in touch with you and how to engage Why Liberty Matters on Wednesday evenings. Okay, we're at Y, that's W-H-Y, LibertyMatters.com. You go to YLibertyMatters.com, put in your first name and email, and then respond when it comes back and says, are you sure you really want to talk to these people? Say yes, and then you'll get a welcome, and you'll find out how to join us. And we really do articulate how to think like a person who lives in liberty. And we give you uh, well-built, well-designed ideas that you can take back and share with other people. It's one thing to have an opinion. It's another thing to be able to explain it to somebody and persuade them and help them to understand they've been duped and they didn't even know it. Doc, let me ask you this before I let you go. Let me ask you this. Is it also important to ask the right questions? Talk to us about that for just a second. Okay. So let's think about this. This is a perfect, uh, a perfect thing to bring up. If you get up every morning and the question you've asked yourself is what's wrong with everybody? What's wrong with my world? What's wrong with my country? What's wrong with my, my family? What's wrong with the people across the street? You can take that anywhere you want. Okay, but if you get up every day and that's your focus, that's all you're going to see and pretty soon you're going to dislike yourself and you're, it's going to affect your health and everything else. So a whole lot of this tension that's being created is to make us only see what's wrong. What if we got up every day and said, wow, what's unique about that person? What do they know that I don't know? What do they have to contribute that is their part? What's their kingdom purpose? And how could we maybe even work our kingdom purposes together? Would that change things? Oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a big deal. That woman you were preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it would, it would change it would that kingdom thinking and that kingdom worldview uh, as well. Doc, uh, thank you so much. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer for you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Uh, uh, again, thank you for being on the show, and we'll talk to you real soon. Blessings to you, too. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was my good friend, Dr. Marlene McMillan, and uh, she was, in fact, uh, telling it like a T-I-S-E is. T-I-S-E is she's like she was telling it. She was telling it like it was, like it is, folks. Um, 
what questions do you ask yourself? What do you tell yourself when you get out of bed in the morning? Huh? I mean, you know, it does all start right there with, with the eyes uh, opening up uh, and you're thanking God that uh, uh, you behold in another day. You behold in another day. Started me on another day's journey. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can just hear my old grandfather and my daddy. My daddy, my daddy could pray. Oh, my dad could pray. But he couldn't pray like grandpapa. My grandpapa could call on the Lord. <laughs> he could call. He could call on the Lord. And uh, when he woke up in the morning, First thing I heard uh, came out of his mouth was, thank you, Lord. I could hear the old man, you know, their, their old place walls weren't thick at all. <laughs> and when, I, when he put his feet on the ground, and I guess he, he, he waited until he could see if he could stand up. I could hear him say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. What what do you think? Huh? What is the first thing that's fed into your mind when you open your eyes and behold that you're yet here, still here for another day? What questions do you ask yourself? Huh? After you come back from your dreams, and flying in your dreams, and catching pretty colors that were catching your eyes. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think once you fall back into your body after you've been asleep, traveling through the expanses of thought time well not really time but actually you escape it in your sleep especially if you have the as Shakespeare put it perchance to dream you actually get in touch you actually get a glimpse at what the next next life the other life is, is like where you where you came from, actually, and it's where we shall return to. Yeah, I think our, I I actually believe this, and I forget the book. I'm gonna get the find that book, dig it out, and um, it was written by um, a minister of the gospel, but he was of course talking in abstracts. And we want always to be able to speak to the world from our world view. Are you hearing me? And, and, and he was talking in abstracts and he was saying that even in our dream life, God gives us a broader view of our existence. Huh? 
Oh, oh I, I pity the unbeliever. I pity the atheist. Uh, I really do because even they can't really even appreciate their dreams. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they they can't even appreciate their dreams as anything having to do with their continued existence. Me. And scripture bears me out on this. He actually, in fact, God actually gave uh, one of his greatest uh, men in scripture, Daniel, the ability to actually interpret dreams. So evidently they do and did, they did and they do have significance. Peter in the New Testament uh, Jews were adamant Muslims are the same way about not touching, eating or, or having anything to do with uh, pigs or pork or anything like that nothing to do with it and Peter was a Jew a Pharisee of Pharisees I mean he well he was a a Jew among Jews he wasn't a Pharisee but, he, but you know, well he was Pharisaic in his belief he believed in a resurrection evidently but in a dream God showed him all manners of animals all manners the pig was there the creepy crawly thing they were there he told Peter arise kill whatever you want eat it Peter said not so I have never eaten anything common like you're showing me here what I have cleansed don't you call common that's why I go for the scallops and uh, all that kind of stuff I go for the escargot I love it eat whatever you want I have dominion over the earth it's been given back to me through the power, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through his blood and by his stripes, I am, am being, and will be healed. Be of good cheer, my good friends. I should hope that I can be able to pass on the same kind of hope and positivity that I have in the Lord. I'm positively confident that I can be of good cheer. Because he has overcome the world. I'm CL. Be back to close now. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone.
And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I CL back with you on this great day in the USA home stretch of the CL Bryant show. And hey, folks, I'll be coming to a lot of parts of the United States here in the next uh, couple of weeks. And I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to shaking your hands. And yeah, give me a hug. Give me a squeeze. Uh, all of you out there. I'd be happy to have it. I really will. I've uh, been doing that. I've never have stopped doing it. Actually, I really haven't ever stopped doing it. Uh, except when you all would not come out to play. Um, but, hey, it's been almost two months ago, uh, my first uh, gathering back up in Colorado. We did a thing uh, for the for Melania's birthday. Uh, we did a thing together up there, and, hey, we were all together. We were cozy and hugging and everything else. I never have been afraid of this. Never have been afraid of this because uh, we all of us who uh, have been able to keep our wits about us have, in fact, um, you know, we've just lived our lives. Now, to speak of those of you who are immune compromised, you need to take precautions. Even in, I don't care if it's the flu virus or, you know, whatever it is. And that's all really COVID-19 is. It's a super, it's a super flu virus. It's a super flu virus. Yeah. COVID, it's a cold, COVID, cold virus. Cold virus. That's what it is. And 19 is, uh, is a super cold flu virus. And so I don't care if you if your immune is immunal system is weak and we're about to come into the season. September's right around the corner. And then October is right around the corner. You know, um, when we look at this uh, pandemic that is occurring, I, I want us to understand something. There is a certain business that has always occurred in our nation. It will always occur in our nation. And we as human beings will continue to evolve as we are. I'm not talking about from animal, from uh, monkey form to human. I'm talking about as people, as as human beings. You evolve as a person, as as a society, as a human society. The animals have always been the animals, okay? Monkeys, have, monkeys are still doing monkey stuff that they did a million years ago. Mon- monkeys are doing monkey stuff the way they were doing monkey stuff a million years ago. But human beings aren't. We still have the same primal emotions. We, we, we will kill you. We, we become jealous. We become, we are greedy, but we've evolved that into art forms, 
<laughs> okay? And we've used our creative talents to make money doing it. Okay? That's what we've done. But the animals, I mean, deer still run in the woods, and we still go hunt them. We eat them. And still, animals are still animals. Fish still, you know, do the, the sea thing. G- gators will still eat you if they get a chance to. They always have. They always will. A cotton mouth will always be the the meanest snake you want to run in. You don't want to run into a cotton mouth. That's the way we've always been. They haven't evolved at all. Human beings, except for our primal instincts, and that is our greed, our uh, we'll kill you, you know, you know that type of things to to live. If you're trying to take our life, uh, the basic instinct is to whatever's necessary. It's going to be fight or flight. If it's fight, you're going to do whatever is necessary to live. If you are running, you're going to run as fast as you have run in a very long time. Okay, those are primal. Those are what you're going to do. But human beings evolve in the sense that we learn how to communicate massively. And those things, the greed and the, you know, and the fight or flight, all of that, it, it comes along with even that evolution. It still, it still comes along. And what uh, we're going to be about doing is expanding our thinking, expanding our minds so that we can break out of just the box of being a color and being bitter about being here in this country, uh, regardless of if you're a rich, young, white kid who's a member of Antifa or you're a black inner city kid who uh, wants to blame Mr. Charlie for you being there. Who wants to blame our slave history in this country for us being, uh, you know, behind? Uh, yeah, there was a time. Well, there was a time. There was a time when uh, that was so. But, you know, that can't uh, be the excuse now because uh, there, Frederick Douglass, not even a generation out of slavery. In fact, he, he was the first, his first generation out, became wealthy. All he needed was opportunity. He did not let actually being a slave hinder him from being successful. What you are doing is allowing the fact that we have a slave history become the excuse for us not being successful. That's a lie that I try to stymie because it's a lie. Those who were closer to slavery, all they needed was opportunity. You have all the opportunity. Now you want the excuse for not being able to pull it off. Right. Now, listen, if the founders were businessmen, I'm about to say something here that uh, I, I do believe is going to be absolutely, you know, crazy, controversial, you know, but uh, here we go. The founders were businessmen. Slavery, yes, was a business. There's no question about it. It was inhumane for the most part. Yeah. And the slave um, who had it easy 
Well, he didn't mind being a slave. He'd stay one. As long as um, he could have it easy. Soft bed, a roof that didn't leak, more food in his bowl, a job that he didn't have to break his back doing. Oh, that one wanted to remain a slave. He would, in fact, he would trade his freedom for that slavery. That's the peaceful slavery. We're going to take care of you there, bro. Uh, Amos, we're going to take care of you, boy. We'll take care of you. You'll have plenty of food. You always had a shack to live in. It ain't going to leak. If it leaks, I'm going to fix it. <laughs> it may take me a while to fix it, but I'm going to fix it. And, uh, well, let's see here. You just make sure the slaves get out to the field and come back on time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he'll trade his freedom for that slavery. Oh, the, the founders were businessmen. Oh, it's the same thing goes on in companies today. I don't care if you're white, black, Jew, Gentile, whatever you are. That same thing goes on in business today. It's the same thing that goes on in business today. Are you hearing me? Same thing that goes on in business today. And even though, uh, you know, you're not uh, made to go to work, actually you are. Because if you don't work, you're not going to eat. Because you're not going to make any money. There's nothing going to yield itself to you. The, the earth no longer, we don't farm anymore, so you don't make anything yield. You have to go to work in order to get some yield for your labor, for your sweat, of your brow. You have to go to work in order to do that. Something you have to be sustained in one way or the other. Are you hearing me? Okay. So... I said all this to say this. Uh, in fact, I'm certain it's in the, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the uh, 17th chapter of Acts. Around the 26th verses there. From one blood, God has made all men to dwell upon the face of the earth. I'm not reading it, I'm quoting it by memory. And has determined the bounds of their habitation before they arrive to that place with that said I, I, I must say I am not glad for the life that my ancestors in this country may have had to endure but I'm glad that they endured it I'm also not happy are glad for the transportation arrangements that were made for my ancestors to come to this country. But I'm glad that they endured that. I cannot even imagine the journey in the hulls of a slave ship. I cannot imagine enduring that. I can't be glad for the way they were brought here. But I can be glad that they had the strength to endure it. 
because they passed it on to me. I don't know what it would be like to sail the sea, not knowing if you'd get here if you're on the Mayflower, but all of us who came here in one form or another, uh, we can, may not be glad for what they had to endure, but we all together, all of us Americans must be glad they endured it. We cannot tear down cannot tear down we cannot tear down the memory the markers or the history of their endurance we cannot do it the civil war relics and monuments are a symbol of American endurance Absolutely they are. My ancestors endured that. I don't want that to go away. Wake up, America. Wake up. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our mind. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I want to say with all of my heart to every American citizen, to our friends who may be abroad, my sincere hope and desire is that God will bless and keep you all.